You are listening to the podcast of the Council on Biblical Manhood and Womanhood. CBMW exists to promote the Bible's teaching on men, women, and marriage. Learn more at cbmw.org. The Nashville Statement is a confessional document released by CBMW in 2017. Since its release, the Nashville Statement has been signed by over 25,000 evangelical pastors, scholars, and leaders, as well as adopted and affirmed by evangelical churches and institutions across the world. In this podcast series, we are walking through each of the 14 articles of the Nashville Statement as we discuss the statement's biblical basis and ethical implications with Denny Burke, president of CBMW and one of the principal authors of the statement. Today, we are tackling Article 14, the final article. I'm Colin Smothers, executive director of CBMW. And my name is Denny Burke. I'm the president of CBMW. Here's what the text of Article 14 says. We affirm that Christ Jesus has come into the world to save sinners, and that through Christ's death and resurrection, forgiveness of sins and eternal life are available to every person who repents of sin and trusts in Christ alone as Savior, Lord, and supreme treasure. We deny that the Lord's arm is too short to save, or that any sinner is beyond his reach. Denny, this last article is a hopeful article. What is it that we're trying to say in Article 14? Well, this is the one where we're trying to announce to the world that we believe in the gospel, and we believe that the gospel is for sinners. Amen. No matter what you've done, no matter what your background is, that's what we want to be the accent of our message. Now, we're living in an age where so much of what Christians have traditionally believed about sexual morality and now about what it means to be male and female, these things are, are just contested in the world. And so we're having to contend for the Bible's witness on those things, which means we're contending for what's right and what's wrong, what's sinful, what's not sinful. And it, within that debate, it can feel sometimes like, gosh, you're just always condemning, condemning, condemning. That's really not our heart. You know, our heart in this is for people to know the gospel and to be saved and a part of the problem with the larger cultural conversation is that what, what's happening right now in our culture, and sadly in some churches, is that people are succumbing to this idea that same-sex relationships, um, uh, transgender identities, that these things are compatible with following Jesus. And the problem with that is that the Bible says that they are not. They, it says that they are sinful. In fact, First uh, Corinthians uh, chapter 6 and verses 9 through 11, talk about the fact that um, you're deceived if you believe that uh, that homosexuality is somehow commensurate with inheriting the kingdom. It's it's just not. If, if, if you fail to repent of that sin, you can't really come to Christ. Not just that sin, but any sexual, sexual immorality or any other sin. If you don't repent of your sin, you can't turn to Christ in faith. So really, at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is to make clear to people what the path to life is. Hmm. And the path to life is repentance and faith, repentance from your sin, faith towards Christ. But you can't exercise faith towards Christ if you are refusing to repent of your sin, and you can't repent of your sin if you don't view sexual immorality and lies about identity as sinful. You have to see those things. Now, what I'm hoping that people, readers, will detect when they read this final article in the Nashville Statement, Article 14, it says, We affirm that Christ Jesus has come into the world to save sinners. That is almost a verbatim quote from 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 15. I hope people will 
hear that resonance because Paul says in that verse, it is a trustworthy statement deserving full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And then he says this, among whom I am the foremost of all. Hmm. It's really interesting here because in this text, Paul has just talked about a list of violations of the Ten Commandments. Um, It's in uh, verses 9 and following where he talks about the law not being for a righteous man, but for those who are lawless, rebellious, ungodly sinners, unholy, profane, those who kill their fathers or mothers for murderers, immoral men, and homosexuals, and kidnappers, and liars, and perjurers, and then he goes through this thing. So he goes through this long list of sinful types of behavior, homosexuality is included among it, but then when he gets to talking about the gospel, he says, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. He says, but I'm the worst. Hmm. And and so this is the, the staggering thing about the gospel, and the thing that ought to humble us is that it doesn't really matter who's the biggest sinner in reality. We ought to just feel about ourselves that we're the biggest sinners in this sense, that we ought to just never lose our wonder and our marvel that God would deign to save us. We ought to th- always feel that it was such a big deal that God saved us from our sin, no, ma- no matter what it is. And so um, really it's just a statement about how powerful the grace of God is to come and save any sinner, no matter what the problem is. Paul viewed himself, if, if there was a special class of sinner in the world, he thought it was himself. He thought that he he was uh, the worst, and he says, nevertheless, the grace of God was revealed to him. He says this, yet for this reason I found mercy in order that in me, as the foremost, the foremost sinner, Jesus Christ might demonstrate his perfect patience as an example for those who would believe in him for eternal life, which means if God can save me, he can save anybody. If he can save somebody as horrible as me, he can save anybody. And, and that, that's the truth. And that's the sense that we should never lose sight of. You know, and really that's just Bible 101 or Gospel 101. You know, Romans 3.23 teaches us that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That includes you. That includes me. Uh, so when we're saying sinners here in Article 14, we're not having in view this kind of LGBT category. It's everybody. Yeah. We are all sinners and equally uh, in need of this redemption that we talk about here in this article, that through Christ's death and resurrection, that he identified on the cross with sinners and took the penalty and the debt, paid down that debt for our for us so that we might be brought to God following him as a firstborn from the dead. Um, and through that transaction that happened on the cross, that we have forgiveness of sins and eternal life available to everyone, to us, to everyone who identifies as a sinner in need of a Savior. Yeah, and if you're someone listening to this and you say, well, you know, I've listened to some of these podcasts and I just feel condemned by all of this. Um, I experience same-sex attraction or I have some sort of gender um, incongruence that I've been dealing with. I've lived into that. You know, maybe somebody would say, you know, I've, you know, been living in sexually immoral relationships. Maybe I've um, entered into a quote-unquote gay marriage with someone. You know, how in the world can I be saved? How, how in the world can any of this be relevant for me? 
Well, that's the good news of this. Um, this says, through Christ's death and resurrection, forgiveness of sins and eternal life are available to every person who repents and trusts in Christ. Which means there's nothing you can do to save yourself. Jesus has already done it for you. And what he did was he died on the cross and took sin upon himself. And was he didn't sin, but he was treated as if he had. So that even though you who have sinned can be treated as though you have not sinned. And so, you know, he... Um, he was our substitute. So we get forgiveness of sins because he died on the cross for us and made things right between us and God. And he was raised three days later, which means you and I can have the promise of eternal life as well. Just like he was raised from the dead, we're going to be raised from the dead and live forever in an age to come with him. And this is available to any person. And, and, and this brings me to the the, the final denial here, which I don't want people to miss, it says, we deny that the Lord's arm is too short to save or that any sinner is beyond his reach. That is almost a direct quotation of Isaiah chapter 59 and verse 1, where it says that the Lord's arm is not too short to save. So if you're out there and you're listening to this and you feel like, well, I'm just too bad, I, you don't know what I've been through, the things that I've done, maybe the kinds of perversions I've been involved in, whether heterosexual, homosexual, or otherwise. Listen, nobody is beyond the Lord's reach. Amen. Um, the Lord's arm can reach into the darkest places to save sinners, and he has done that. He is doing that. He will do that, and he can do that for you. All you need to do is to repent of your sin and trust in Christ, and you will be connected to this salvation uh, that the Lord provides. You know, and really that's our message. Denny and I, we are blood-bought believers in Christ. We're sinners who have done exactly that. We've repented of our sins. As Luther reminds us, we're repenting of our sins daily. It's the Christian life, and we're trusting in Christ alone as Savior, Lord, and supreme treasure, as that, that final clause in the affirmation says. And that's really an echo of Matthew 13, 44, where Jesus says this, "'The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again.'" And then in his joy, went and sold all that he had and bought that field. What we're really trying to say is Jesus is worth it. That repentance, whatever you're turning from, is it pales in comparison to what Christ Jesus has to offer, which is a whole and complete and perfect life on offer for you, eternal life with your creator, your maker, uh, forever. And that is the supreme treasure that we're holding on to, and we want to hold out to our listeners too. From joy over it, he went and sold everything that he had. Everything that he counted as valuable, he realized was nothing compared to having this treasure hidden in the field, to having the kingdom, to having Christ. And that's our, our message. When you come to Christ and you're repenting of your sin, trusting in him, it's not going to be a net loss for you. It's going to be a net gain for you. It's going to be a gain that's incalculable unto eternity. And so the good news of the gospel is that this game can be yours just by trusting in him. Amen. Resources like the CBMW podcast are made possible by generous donations from listeners like you. Please consider giving at cbmw.org forward slash give. Thanks for listening.